are looking at a remarkable idea. An idea that has intrigued and attracted and literally thrilled thousands upon thousands of men, women, and children. And you, my friends, are about to witness this idea become a reality. For this is the story of the miracle sea in the desert, the Salton Sea. Sometimes it can seem that there are really no limits to human ingenuity. Create a problem, find a solution. Cause a flood, buy a boat and start fishing. I'm Basha Cummings and this week on the Slow Newscast, we're going west to California and the shores of a dying lake where catastrophe led to invention and where if you stand for long enough, you can watch a mistake turn into an opportunity and back again. We're going to Salton Sea, California's largest lake, 35 miles from north to south and wider than the eye can see, with 110 miles of shoreline. And as incredible as it might sound, this lake was actually a giant mistake, created by a devastating accidental flood that lasted for two years. Today, it's a place of bleached-out ruins under a desert sun, where a slow-moving environmental disaster has been unfolding for more than 100 years, and where a miracle in the desert might have turned out to be more of a mirage. But it's also where a forgotten community might be about to witness a new miracle, the promise of a white gold rush, where investors are hunting one of the most sought-after elements in the world. We need better, cheaper, more energy-dense batteries if we're going to make electric cars ubiquitous and save the planet. Lithium. It's an element that can change the way that we drive and the way that we pollute. It's a sort of environmental redemption story, if you like. This blighted place in the desert now has a chance to reinvent itself and decisively move the needle on climate change for all of us. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. It was just the place to go. You fished, you kayaked, you went to the marina. The marina was a big place. 
fish fries every summer. You'd sit on a big old ice cube block and see who can melt it the fastest. And <laughs> I mean, in the middle of the summer, like you know, it was just like, and you know, the sun could definitely help you melt that ice cube, but it was a big block of ice. That was a woman called Darlene. We'll be hearing a lot more from her later. We're working this week with reporter Miranda Green and producer Lucy Sheriff, who have both done a ton of environmental reporting. And they've travelled four hours out of Los Angeles to the Salton Sea. Hi, Miranda. Hi, Basha. Tell me, where are you guys right now? So I am standing here on the banks of the Salton Sea, the largest lake in California. And if I look down about five football fields away, about a 20 minutes walk from here is where the beginning of the Salton Sea water actually begins. It really does look like some kind of otherworldly setting. It is, you know, this area used to be a vacation destination. It was a place where families came to swim in the water and to fish. But what it looks like today is very, very different. The communities located pretty close to us here in Salton City, uh, most of those old luxury family homes are abandoned. Many of them have burned down in the heat or through electrical fires. A lot of them have graffiti. It's actually a really famous place and a popular destination for Instagrammers to come and take photos of what they call ruin porn. And for the people who live around here, Many of them really just can't afford to leave, or many come here because it's really the only affordable place they can find to still live. Whoa. Oh my God. Wow. I feel like I'm on the bottom of an ocean floor. My gosh. What do I even look at first? There's a whole, literally shipwreck. This looks like an actual old house. Like, these actually look like these Mm -hmm. were structures. Yeah, because they have the foundation. Mm-hmm. See over there, too? And look, these are old electric lines. I mean, this literally used to be part of the neighborhood. This is an old chimney. Wow. We just came over the dike that was created to make sure that the people still living in Bombay Beach, if the water ever does surge again, which I think at this point is rather unlikely, they get saved. And when you come over that top, I was just expecting to see the sea. Yeah. And it was just all of these wooden structures on both sides of you. It's almost like impossible to tell where to look first. I think we need to go walk around a little bit. It was like another graveyard at the houses. God, there's nobody here. I don't see a single human being. It's almost like you're, I mean, I imagine that if Mars were to have an ocean on it, this is what it would feel like. It's just... It's desolate. And you you can see there used to be animals here, right? It's like you're starting to see it now. If you pick up this, look at that. It's literally barnacle exoskeleton. This isn't sand. It's, uh, it's just all dead barnacles. Which just makes you think of like how much ocean life actually, how much sea life actually thrived here at one point. Yeah. That there were this many barnacles and fish. You can actually see like a fish's bone. And it's bright white. Like it's actually hurting my eyes. It's bright white. It's completely, the sun has completely bleached it all. 
385 square miles of water formed by accident back in 1905 when the Colorado River ran wild. It's hard to believe this body of water, this beach we're visiting, wasn't supposed to be here. A sea in the desert with its wide, sandy beaches, no tides or dangerous undercurrents, and with literally millions of fish ready for the taking. The Salton Sea is so large, it straddles two counties in California and used to be a hotspot for tourists between the 1930s and 50s. In its prime, it pulled in 1.5 million people every year, more visitors than Yosemite National Park. You can still see sun-faded signs welcoming visitors to swim. People used to send postcards home from places like North Shore Beach, the glamour capital of Salton Sea. But late in the last century, things started to change here. Cut off from its source, the only water coming into the sea was from toxic runoff from nearby farms growing watermelon, capsicum, and avocados. The water became so salty here that on one hot summer's day in 1999, 7.8 million fish died in the same day. Birds began dying too. Then the lake bed started to dry up and shrink and stink. Water temperatures remain high. Everything is ideal for botulism, and it usually does its thing. The past three weeks, experts and volunteers have been rescuing as many birds as possible, including the rare California brown pelican. I guess I could best describe 96. You had birds uh, getting sick and dying literally by the hundreds on a daily basis. That might have been an indication that the sea was not doing well, that there was ecologically a problem. Today, the story of the Salton Sea is one of environmental injustice. The poorest suffer the most. The Coachella Music Festival happens 25 miles up the road. It's America's version of Glastonbury, complete with big-time performances from celebrities like Beyonce, and where Instagram influencers try to set the terms for how we live now. But none of that money or the glamour flows this way. The people who moved here originally did so with dreams in their eyes of living in paradise. But as the sea now shrinks nearly a football field a year, pushing up dust from the exposed playa, residents can't afford to just up and leave. They've had to stay and suffer the consequences. And there's nobody. There's no campers. There's no one laying out on the sand. It just feels like we're not supposed to be here. Yet, people do live here. Along the empty lake shore, amongst the abandoned wrecks of homes and empty plots of land that were never fully developed. There are small tract homes and mobile houses where families reside trying to make the best of it. Hi. 
I'm here for Darlene. Yeah. No worries. Darlene Berber is a 40-year-old resident of the area. We heard about her childhood memories here at the start. She works as a clerk in the city of Westmoreland, just a 15-minute drive from the southwestern edge of the Salton Sea. Darlene is inviting and has an infectious laugh. Speaking to her, you can tell she cares deeply about the people she's met here. She moved to the Salton Sea from the city nearly a decade ago. She had hopes of a bright future for her kids in an affordable location, but it didn't take long for her to realize there was something a little off about this place. So this has potential. It has such potential without even realizing everything else that was going to come next. Um, it just it just felt right. It, it, it felt like it could be home for a long time. When I moved there, they were newer homes. A lot of investors had invested in that area. There were some investors that took off with mid-project. I mean, that was like a happy place. I mean, they have a yacht club, for goodness sake, on the North End. It was supposed to be the next up-and-coming, you know, Palm Springs. And, I mean, you had actors and all kinds of people that poured money into it. And then all of a sudden it just stopped. It's devastating. It's almost like watching a slow fire, you know, that can't, that, that can't be put out. And what is it like now? It's a uh, dire. Dire. I, it's like I feel like this small piece of this game that everybody's been playing, that's how you feel. You just feel like a pawn in this bigger picture, but you don't know where, you, what direction you're going. You're just trying to survive. How would you describe the people that live there? What's the community like? Uh, very cautious. Um, there's a, they've been promised a lot of things. Um, even if you go in and um, you're not aggressive or promising anything, people are just very cautious because of, like I said, the vandalization and things that have come into the area because a lot of things happen in the desert that people think they could get away with and uh like why oh there's (laughs) there was a there was a body found one time what were not by us but by other people and you hear these stories there's random fires um you but you could hear gunshots every once in a while but you never knew you know it's just in the middle of desert you hear gunshots for multiple reasons and it's like life goes on but there's like no hope for the sea and it's like, even though we're hopeful, we keep trying and we watch the sea dry up. Salton Sea residents like Darlene have been begging the state and local government to fix the shrinking Salton Sea for decades. There are two proposals being fought over. One to pipe in seawater from the Sea of Cortez in Mexico to the south, and another to move the remaining water in the Salton Sea into smaller pools and birding estuaries meant for dust suppression, essentially changing the way the sea as they know it looks. Both requests will take millions of dollars to complete. 
After years of fighting, the government has begun the first stage of what is called a 10-year project. But even that plan has gotten tied up in red tape. There's a likely lawsuit on the horizon. In the meantime, residents have had to be creative with their ways of coping. When the winds pick up here, which they do often, the exposed lake or playa blows so much dust, residents can't leave their homes. Children, so impacted by asthma here, have to carry around inhalers. Many, like Darlene's son, have to give up on playing sports altogether. The air pollution here is some of the worst in the state. It all adds up to gruesome living conditions for residents. When did you first realize that this something was happening to the Salton Sea or the Salton Sea was part of a bigger issue that was happening in the area? I noticed quite quickly that um, it only took me 20 minutes on a walk to walk from the house to the edge of the sea. And then it was starting to take like an hour, you know, to, it was like, it was like, huh, that's odd, you know, like I thought maybe, oh, it's hot, you know, and then, and I'm like, well, what's like, what's going on? Because like I, at that time, the marina was still open. And when was this, would you say? Oh, it was still 20, 2012. Okay. Yeah. So not that long ago, almost yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. The marina was still open 10 years ago. Yeah. And so were people still, you know, using in the water, playing in the water? Yeah, fishing, the, uh, people still kayak. What happened to the fish? At first they said they didn't know. They, they said uh, it was some freak thing and uh, they didn't know. And everybody kind of panicked, you know. It was like everybody started wearing face masks, gloves. Then they started blaming the farmers and then they blamed the weather. It was a bunch of things that... Different stories you were hearing, so it was like nobody ever knew. I mean, I visited a few times prior to making that decision to move, and it just—it was beautiful. Like it, the air was clear, the the it was windy, but you know, it wasn't all these dust storms. So that my first dust storm was a very neat experience, <laughs> to say the least. But um, we had to pull over for like four hours. <laughs> like it was—it was bad. What does it look like when you're? It looks like it, it looks like a movie from the movie. Uh, what is it? The uh, the mummy, where the sand store comes in. <laughs> it really does look like that. I didn't know sand could build a wall that fast. Um, what is the heat like here? Uh, ridiculous. You think you're in hell? <laughs> I mean, you could fry an egg on the asphalt. The the ones that is actually paved, right? But yes. It's it's bad. It gets to 125 degrees. Wow. It's gotten all the way up to 128. Describe to me what the air pollution and air quality is like around there. The when those windstorms pick up, it's uh, it gets hazy and you can't see. You can't even drive. Can you tell me about the asthma in the area? What is that like? Horrific. I mean, you could go to the school and ask them to open up their medical kit and you probably got a hundred inhalers in there just from the kids that haven't been cleared to carry it on hand yeah wow. as a parent i had to advocate for my son to be able to carry his inhaler the first year he went to school out here 
he had three ambulations because he passed out on the field. And then seeing him blue when you get there um, is hard. What percentage of the kids would you say have asthma? About 80%. That's a huge number. Yeah. You, you adapt, you know, it's a lot of adapting to your surroundings and making the best of what you have. And people will hustle and they, I mean, they make one trip a, a month to go grocery shopping. They don't have the convenience of just even going to the local liquor store or the family dollar. You don't have fresh produce all the time. How would you describe like the reasons, the people who live in that neighborhood? You know, what are the reasons for why they're there? I'm, I'm a lot sure. of them, it, it was just um, a great opportunity for them to provide a better life for their family. Like the newer homes that came in in 2006, 2008, that, that was like younger families like mine, like took advantage of that opportunity. A lot of um, retired vets. I saw myself retiring and living in the Salton Sea and leaving a house for my kids in the Salton Sea. That was the dream. That was the dream. And now it's, it just, it's painful. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. I'm James Harding. I'm the editor of Tortoise and the host of The News Meeting. It's the podcast where we try and make sense of what should be leading the news with three people who each come and pitch the story that they think matters the most. On the latest episode, we're joined by the journalist, historian and author Satnam Sanghera. Like almost everyone, we go down the rabbit hole of that Princess of Wales photo editing story and then Satnam explains why he thinks the Church of England paying reparations for its links to slavery should really be leading the news. Just search for Tortoise News wherever you get your podcasts and follow the feed so you don't miss an episode. America is on the move again. Turning Carolyn to possibility, crisis to opportunity. Setbacks in the strength, when I think climate change, I think jobs. So folks, there's no reason why American 
American workers can't lead the world in the production of electric vehicles and batteries. President Joe Biden was elected promising to turn the page on Trump's climate denier era. Part of that pledge was to move the country towards renewable energy and create jobs in the process. The Salton Sea could be a prime testing ground for those goals, thanks to the San Andreas fault line that runs right through it. The geothermal activity that plagues California with earthquakes also powers the renewable energy plants situated here. The geothermal plants that have been here for several decades power a portion of the state's electric grid. But there's more in the water than heat. There are elements, extremely sought-after ones. Now, prospectors are hoping to use these plants to tap into lithium, also known as white gold. Lithium is an integral ingredient to producing electric vehicle batteries, and it's in high demand. So much so that Elon Musk, the eccentric CEO of Tesla, who wants to colonize Mars, has turned his attention to it. And Warren Buffett, the king of investors, already has put his money to it. The idea quickly gaining steam here is to turn the Salton Sea into Lithium Valley. So we're meeting with Jim Turner. He is the chief operating officer at Controlled Thermal Resources right now. But we're coming into a small town over here on the southern part of the sea. And this is where our first stop's going to be. Oh, it's hot. <laughs> Controlled Thermal Resources is a renewable energy company setting its sights specifically on lithium extraction in the Salton Sea, in this area within Imperial County, or Imperial Valley, as the locals like to call it. The company has just had a $4.46 million injection of cash from the California Energy Commission to develop what the company hopes will be a wildly successful lithium industry here, and one that is the first of its kind, as Jim will explain to us. So it's a mile across. Jim is an unassuming man in his early 70s, dressed in the businessman uniform of slacks and a button-down. When we meet him, he's prepped for a potential investor meeting that was just postponed at the last minute. We'll have the power plant at that end, and then three-quarters of it will be the lithium extraction plant. How big is that going to be? 20,000 tons of lithium uh, compounds a year. And so we'll actually put a... Uh, a 30-inch pipe into the ground. We'll drill a big hole, put a 30-inch pipe. It'll be about 100 feet long. And then, then we'll drill inside that 30-inch pipe uh, a smaller hole, and I think we put 24-inch for about 1,000 feet down. And then we drill inside of that, and we'll put a 16-inch uh, uh, probably down to 2,000 feet. And then we'll drill inside of that all the way down to 8,000 feet. These wells are like a piece of spaghetti, except they're, they're heavy steel. And then uh, uh, the, the pudding, if you will, is when we flow brine out of it, and if we get the right temperature brine, the right amount of brine, then we're good. Okay. That's when you know you've struck gold. Yeah, yeah, we struck brine, salt water. Jim explains that the lithium is present in the brine, the geothermal activity heats the brine, which is naturally occurring in the ground to around 370 degrees. The brine is found in the geothermal reservoir in the region, 
which lays just under the Salton Sea. The reservoir stretches from about 4,000 feet deep. Essentially, that's a lot of brine. As the earth formed, uh, the, the volcanic rock, the heat helped form some of these minerals into an ore down here. Well, with this hot brine, it's dissolving, and this is going over millions of years, dissolve some of that lithium, but it also dissolves sodium, uh, potassium, calcium, strontium, cesium, a whole host of things off the periodic table if you remember your high school chemistry. There's hydrogen and helium, then lithium, beryllium, boron, carbon everywhere, nitrogen all through the air. They're all dissolved in the brine. And take them out of that brine, they have useful, useful uh, things you can do with them. Aluminium, silicon, phosphorus, and sulfur, chlorine, and argon. But what's the attraction to lithium? Perhaps we can ask investors and inventors like Elon Musk. Tech and auto giants like him are betting on a green, climate-friendly future, and they need cheap car batteries to make electric vehicles affordable. That means lithium, a key component. Musk is even apparently buying up land in Nevada to mine his own supply. Jim's company is the first one in the world to be developing this technique of extracting lithium from this brine using green energy. Other lithium mining is far more intensive and invasive. Lithium is a metal, and it is the lightest metal known, and it's so light that's why the electric vehicle market wants batteries based on lithium, because it, it's, it's a lot lighter. Every electric car manufacturer in the world wants batteries made out of lithium. The neat thing about lithium is that electrically, it has fantastic charge attached to it. It's a very small atom, has electrons on it, but it can hold a lot of charge. And, that's, and it's so light, that's why the electric vehicle market wants batteries based on lithium because it, it's, it's a lot lighter. Now, there are three ways to get hold of lithium. One, you mine for it. In Australia, they're plumbing the ground for this white gold, using, of course, huge diggers that run on diesel and leave colossal deep scars in the earth. Second, you head down to the Atacama Desert in Chile, there, they're bringing up lukewarm brine and letting it dry out in evaporation ponds that stretch for tens of thousands of acres. There are these giant patchwork liquid fields ranging from aquamarine blue to lime green in color. And the third, well, that's Jim's process. This, in comparison, you just called it green lithium. Yeah, yeah, we, kind of what we talk about it is. So, yeah, it's so green. It's, it's green yeah. because it's not utilizing fossil fuels in order to create it. Yep. So we're, we're probably the one place right now that can do that. In and, the globe. Yeah, in the globe. There have been a number of pie-in-the-sky schemes in this area, and so it's hard not to be skeptical about this project, which although it's had a lot of money plowed into it, hasn't actually gone off the ground yet. But Jim is confident it's only a matter of time. And he's not alone. Berkshire Hathaway Energy, Warren Buffett's company, is also working to build a lithium extraction arm onto its 10 geothermal plants around the Salton Sea. 
It recently got a $21 million paycheck from the government to try to make the project commercially viable. Now, $21 million doesn't sound like a lot, but consider what this is going to unlock. Government data estimates there will be 26 million electric vehicles sold by 2030, which means they're going to need a lot of lithium. If the Salton Sea becomes a center of U.S. production, you can easily see how it turns into a multi-billion dollar industry, rich enough to potentially revive this area. And Jim thinks his company and their bright idea can mean a bright economic future for the residents here. The electric vehicle market is just exploding and there's not enough lithium today to supply all those batteries. How important do you think this lithium site will be to fixing that issue? Uh, it's going to be very important. Uh, we're talking to all the big automakers. They all want green lithium. We're looking at billions of dollars. The lithium is a big deal. Uh, and as soon as everybody realizes that you know, demand is going to outstrip supply is probably going to push that price up. The, the benefit for Imperial County is as much, you know, jobs, that's a biggie. Uh, property taxes is another biggie. And Imperial County is probably one of the highest unemployment rate counties in the United States, if not the highest. And so the county is, you know, right behind us, you know, kind of pushing us out there. Hey, yeah get more and more of this stuff because you can employ thousands of people all of a sudden. Um, that that yeah. to me sounds like the beginnings of a lithium valley. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Billions of dollars. Could lithium, this light metal, be the savior of the Salton Sea? That would be a huge investment into a region whose workers are largely pickers, correctional officers, and border patrol agents. Yes, we are only a 45-minute drive from the U.S.-Mexico border. The demographics right now are majority Latino population, over 85% Latinos. They often characterize us as disadvantaged population. Communities of color, uh, low income, uh, overburdened by many sources of pollution, medically underserved. We've been dealing with air pollution endemic. We've been dealing with, you know, heart disease, cancers, respiratory problems. This is Luis Olmedo. He's a native of Imperial Valley, the area in the south of the Salton Sea where the lithium is being explored. And fighting for his community is in his blood. His father founded Comité Civico de Valle, a local environmental justice nonprofit, to try and find solutions to the health issues that impact this high agriculture worker population. And we are meeting him in their office. The Salton Sea community, Luis says, has been all but forgotten by their government officials. We do have industries that have operated here with the promise that they would bring jobs, that they would bring economic benefits and growth an opportunity. If these businesses aren't replenishing those resources that they're taking, well, they end up putting the communities in a deficit. Part of sort of those core regions that feed the world, feed the nation. But yet, um, somehow, you know, we, we look like a ghost town in many places in our communities. 
you know, there's neighborhoods that that uh, don't have access to water, to water their parks. We shouldn't be living in these conditions. It, what's happened to this community, I really feel that its soul has been stripped away from it. How would you describe what it's like now? It's It, it looks quite abandoned, un, uninvested. Um, and I think we, there's a lot of potential. And there's just not enough investment has gone in into rehabilitating, repurposing a lot of these communities. Luis is keen to highlight the area was born to be used for agriculture, and the region needs to be protected as it plays a vital role in feeding the country. He goes so far as to call the Salton Sea a huge liability, both to people's health and the agricultural industry that the country relies on. Well, look, you know, you don't have to be a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist. We know that over the last hundred years, hundred plus years, the, there has been toxic contaminants that have flowed into the Salton Sea, the seabed. They're there. A lot of these chemicals are not even, in, are not no longer even in the market because they've proven to be so toxic. Forever chemicals, they're going to be there. And so the last thing we want is to be exhuming these chemicals and letting them blow into the air. And it's already happening. We're in a race. This this needs to happen now. There's no more, you know, there's not another 15 years to, you know, push this further. We have to fix these problems now. While Luis acknowledges residents' concerns that the government's embrace of lithium could just help the rich get richer, he is hopeful that it will create a new investment in a community that has been in a holding pattern, depleting year after year. To him, the Salton Sea should be approached as a separate entity from the lithium opportunities that one doesn't necessarily need to solve the other, and that residents don't have to shut down the opportunity of a potential lithium valley to push action on the underlying environmental concerns there. He says residents need both to survive. When we say geothermal and lithium are here and they're going to save the seat, that's not going to happen. That's not how it works. There's a lot of misunderstanding as to when we talk, oh, they're going to bring him to save the salt sea. And, you know, we've got to bring him because this is where the resources are. This is where the water is. This is where the affordable land is. It's all here. So you're essentially saying that you don't, you think it's wrong to think of the Salton Sea and, it, and its future in terms of its, you know, shrinking on the same page as the future of lithium, that they kind of exist separately and why can't they both exist and be fixed? What we really need to do is we need to treat the, 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 the ecosystem that's there. There's a shrinking sea. There's exposed toxic uh, dust that we need to make sure we keep on the ground. So we need to accelerate wildlife projects, habitat projects, shallow water, lagoons. There has to be, I mean, enormous investments, but two different things. We can't mix them because basically what we're doing is saying, well, you know, give me a dollar to solve both. It's instead of saying, give me a dollar to solve this problem and, and give me a dollar to create this opportunity, right? And we're shortchanging ourselves when we combine it because it's two different things. The important part, Luis insists, is not forgetting the community when the big companies come in, to make sure the winners aren't solely the investors, but the region too. It's an exciting opportunity, he says, if done right. I think we have a good opportunity to bring in a very powerful industry, 
but it just has to be done responsibly and it has to be done in a way that does bring these benefits and economic investments into our neighborhoods and the potentials there. You know, a lot of people see the Sanse as a decaying body of water. I see it as an opportunity. Yeah, I, I see it as the next billion, you know, multi-billion dollar industry there. More jobs will obviously help the area's residents, but it's not clear how that will ultimately help the environmental disaster that is the Salton Sea and the residents stuck there who want to see the area put back to its former glory days. Darlene took us back to Vista Del Mar, the place she moved to all those years ago, which was next to a sparkling blue sea, like its name advertised. But now lies dusty and forgotten, with a dried lake bed at its doorstep. Today, she lives in Westmoreland, that town a 15-minute drive from the sea. She couldn't take living so far from basic necessities, like a fire department and a hospital. Businesses around the sea have just continued to shutter. This used to be a real estate office and a bike shop, and now it's dead. There's no ATV rentals there. There used to be a little boutique right there that I used to buy some dresses at. So this, right here, where that canopy is, that used to be where the um, pool was. And I know the lady that lives there, she's bedridden. Her her daughter actually works at the market over there. And uh, go left on the main road. It's all beautiful. You imagine, like, when I first moved out here, the shoreline was so much closer. It looked like, you know, like, if you passed that gate, that's, you know, like, you were going to be able to run to the sea. No problem. How did you and other people feel when the marina closed? It was, I want to say it was the tipping point of realizing that what we thought was a good thing was not. So this was my house. Is someone living there still, do you know? No, the owner goes through tenants like crazy. Uh, How long were you here for? Five years. Does it have any memories for you? Yeah, we used to have bonfires with the kids and s'mores and just barbecue, have the neighbors over. The rough and unpaved roads Darlene took us through were empty. Children's bicycles, weightlifting sets, and boats, old and rusted, sat perched, left behind on vacant concrete slabs. The residents who did still live here all stayed inside. The houses were colorful, but the paint was peeling, and many of them were coated with a layer of desert dust. Darlene spoke of the town's children and took us to the local school but we didn't see any the entire time we were there. The youth here have a tremendous support from the community. They want to see them thrive. They know that there's a possibility that nobody's ever going to do anything great for the Salton Sea area. So they want to make these kids great so they can do something when they have the means. But like people my generation are kind of fearful because it's like, Am I going to be dead or am I going to get to see something actually happen? I didn't come out here to be homeless, you know? I didn't come out here to lose everything. And it's just kind of, that's what it felt like. 
every place you live is going to meet its challenges. But why, when you have such a great thing, why would you let it die? Here is where you can find the good life in the sun. Today, the Salton Riviera, beside the blue Salton Sea, is the place for you to take charge of your future. At the Salton Riviera, there is never a let up in progress. This unusual city has a Can this dying lake, this miracle in the desert, have a green future? And even after dwelling on the ill-fated past and the bleak present, Yes, there is one version of a hopeful future that does seem possible. You can almost picture dying Salton Sea reinvented as a burgeoning lithium valley, helping to change how we drive and how we pollute. Lithium can be good for the planet, for politicians like President Biden, for industrial visionaries like Elon Musk and old school capitalists like Warren Buffett. But it also has to be good for people like Darlene and Luis and their families and their communities. And a change of fortunes won't happen by accident. It has to be intentional. Who will make sure the environmental impacts are fixed and that people who live here aren't left behind once more? Because if there's one thing we know about a gold rush, there are generally more losers than winners. There's still living people, human beings there. What about the people? And it seems like people are just, the ones that it can make a difference, they don't. And when they do, it's usually because it's a money move. And it, you know, it's, it, it's always a money move. What do you see looking out? I see beauty. Can you describe I see I I see my childhood. I see boats. I see my kids running back showing me things from the ocean. You know, here's I I see that's what I see when I look out here. Thanks so much for joining us this week. The executive producer of this episode was David Taylor. The reporter was Miranda Green. It was produced by Lucy Sheriff with sound design by Carla Patella. And if you're enjoying the podcast, do give us a review or share it with your friends. And if you'd like to listen to us ad-free, you can join Tortoise, the newsroom where I work, and you can download our app with a special code. Go to tortoisemedia.com forward slash friend. And for a half price discount, use the code BASHA50. That's my name, Basha, B-A-S-I-A, and the number 5050. Okay, thanks. See you next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 
If you enjoy the slow newscast, you might also enjoy the We Society podcast. It's from the Academy of Social Sciences, and in each episode, host Will Hutton untangles the grand challenges we face as a society through a social science lens. He's gathered some of our country's most groundbreaking and influential social scientists to ask how their research could help solve some of the UK's and the world's most pressing problems. In the coming season, the We Society will tackle Britain's ailing high streets, bankrupt councils and the continued lack of disability inclusion, as well as other similarly important subjects. So if you want to hear research-led insights and solutions and a great conversation, look up The We Society on all podcast platforms.